All right, uh, so we left off last week with uh, verse 8 of Mark 16. Trembling, bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Uh, this is the new, by the way, Monday morning podcast. Uh, we have officially changed some of the days that our staff is off, and we've got some, some visitors with us this morning. Timothy wants to announce himself. He is part of our listening audience. Can you say hi, Timothy? He says no, but he knows. Um, so we were left with no one being told about the resurrection of Jesus last week. Uh, and that is actually where the original book ends. It looks like verses 9 through 20 were verses that were added uh, a couple decades later. to kind of complete. Well, clearly some people have heard. Um, and eventually word gets out what happened. When Jesus rose, verse 9, early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it, which is, you know, not terribly surprising. Um, Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. So this is referencing John, um, excuse me, uh, Luke's account where it's the two men in Emmaus uh, who are walking towards Emmaus where... Uh, They're walking, and they hear Jesus uh, unlock the scriptures, and then he disappears, and they finally see who he is, and their kind of response is, were our hearts not burning within us when he was speaking the scriptures to us? Um, Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven. So remember that Judas at this point, we don't have it in this account, but Judas has been, uh, he killed himself, he tripped, it's a little hazy exactly what it is that happened, probably kills himself. As they were eating, he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them, and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it, which is a really interesting, um, it's a very unique phrasing in verse 20 that you don't see in any of the, like nothing close to any of the other gospels in the way that this is phrased. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them. Um, it doesn't say the Holy Spirit. It says the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. So you've got showing and telling essentially that's happening. Now we're going to flip over and jump into Luke, the first four verses. Uh, Remember that for the book of Luke, it is part one of a two-part book. So Luke and the Acts of the Apostles, um, both written by Luke. He's a doctor. Um, He is the... um, He is the person that makes the account uh, of Acts go from a third person to a second person we. And so you'll notice in Acts chapter 16... It starts, um, it's all like, it's just talking about third people. Um, like Peter did this, John did this, Paul did this, Saul did this, Barnabas did this, da 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 da. And then 16, halfway through, it starts saying we. Um, Luke has joined in on the journey uh, in Acts chapter 16. He is with Paul 
Um, and he's a doctor. Uh, he is appears to be a Greek convert. There's more that we'll talk about as it relates to like who Luke is. But he's writing very specifically uh, part one and two to a man named Theophilus, who is a Greek, um, what is probably what is considered a God-fearer. And that simply means someone who acknowledges the existence of Jehovah, um, but is not, a, is not like a full-blown Jew. Like worships Jehovah. So Lydia in Acts chapter 16 is someone who um, is clearly with people who are worshiping um, Jehovah but is not someone who is like keeping all of the like the rites, the rituals, and the laws of the Jewish people, but acknowledges and worships the Hebrew Jewish God. Um, Luke seems to be, I mean, Theophilus seems to be one of these people. He's clearly heard a bunch of stuff about it, and Luke is trying to convince him that everything that he's heard is true about who Jesus is and he should convert. So the way that he talks about uh, the book of Luke in Acts, as he says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote to you about all that Jesus began to do and to say from the time that he was born until the time he was crucified, resurrected. Um, and so we have Luke's account here, um, which is essentially a, a uh, Luke is a doctor, so he is he's going to study all these different sources. So he's got um, the original one that we've just finished with Mark. He's got a number of other eyewitness accounts as well. And he is putting together this book, which I think is um, is the most thorough of the books that we have. It is probably like the most well organized as well in terms of um, just the way that it lays out the story of Jesus from birth to death and resurrection. Um, John's book is the one which is next. It is not in any way, shape or form organized around like an order of the way that things happen. It's organized in a, in a Greek kind of way which we'll talk about when we actually get to John. All that to say, verse 1 of Luke 1. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were the first, who from the first were eyewitnesses and the servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. So those are our passages for the day. Um, last of the book of Luke, uh, excuse me, of Mark, and the first four of uh, Luke. So for me this morning, the verses that really stood out were actually these first four from the book of um, the book of Luke. I think uh, what's interesting about Luke and the book of Acts is they're not written. Like, they are written to be read by one person who is not a Christian. Like, many of the epistles that you read, like that Paul is writing or that Peter is writing, are written to, like, a a church that's meant to be, like, read in front of a large group of people. Um, Or it's written to a group of churches, like Ephesians, the general letter that's written to the book of, uh, excuse me, it's written to uh, the church in Ephesus, but because of all of these churches that have sprouted out of Ephesus and are all over Eastern Asia, it's meant to be circulated and read among all of them. Luke is written to like it's the only book that is written to someone who is not a Christian in the New Testament, and is only meant for that one person. Like it is not meant it, like this is this is meant to convert uh, Theophilus. That's the point of writing this. Um, and I think it's interesting that it is the most thorough account of all of the things that has happened. Uh, one of the things that Percy talked about a couple of weeks ago that really struck me when he, we were in um, our evangelism week, and the, 
um, the God Who Builds Vision series was insane. Like at the at the end of the day, the way that you evangelize is like it's a story. It's not an argument. Like arguments are like apologetics are important in that they create viability and plausibility that the story could be real. But at the end of the day, like what what it is that we're talking about is a story. Um, and Luke intersects with that story. This is the I think this is the thing that we sometimes miss. Um, Jesus, he, he tells the story of Jesus, and it intersects with his story. So the third person in the book of Acts becomes a we. In the same way that like the story of Jesus at some point intersects with your story, and it becomes like Jesus is no longer this third person entity. It's now a we, because the two have become one. Like you are covenanted with Jesus. Um, and the thing that very particularly struck me is not just that, like, he tells this story, but I think it's like, I can't imagine the amount of time that went into writing this and how committed he was to seeing this person come to faith. Like, Luke and Acts are some of the absolute most thorough books that you will ever read, period, and absolutely probably the most thorough books in terms of recounting what it is that's happened in the whole of the Bible. And the blow-by-blow, thorough, thorough, thorough nature of it. And wanting to connect things together, um, but never losing this personal touch either. Like, it's not, it's not this thing out there. It's very personal um, in a way that's very different from Mark. Because Mark is just like, you know, it's the graphic novel of the Gospels. It's blow-by-blow. Blow, it's dirty. It's quick. It's like just trying to get the, the facts out there. Um, and the thing that just I felt like the, the spirit was asking me this morning is like, who is the person or the people, like a few people, that like I know, like that I know are open and questioning, that I would be willing to go to this kind of lengths to see come to faith in Christ. Who are those people in my life? Uh, because there's like Luke clearly was like, I want this man to come to faith. He even says it. Since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for your most excellent Theophilus so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. You wouldn't just hear it, that you would know it, and you would know it to be true. And the whole point is that, that Theophilus would confess Jesus as Lord. So my question, I think, for me, and then perhaps for all of us, is like, who are the people or who is the person we know is open um, and what is the Lord inviting us into, no matter how long it may take, how thorough it may be for us to share with them and to be part of their life, that they would not just, they wouldn't just know these things about Jesus, but they would have certainty um, that there is truth in that, both in our life as well as like the life of Jesus himself.